They're a band with a really cool and unique sound. Always have been one of my favorites. Multiple ACM wins, CMA wins, a Grammy win. They are the Mavericks. And lead singer Raul Malo is the newest member of the Honky Tonk Time Machine. Raul, thanks so much for coming on my show, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. How have you been doing lately? This past year has been uh, quite different. So <laughs> how have you got to handle it? Well, you know, we've done okay. I mean, in... in uh, you know, there's there's been so much, uh, you know, suffering and 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 hardships and and uh, so you know we really can't you know I I don't want to uh, downplay the I downplay that at all but uh, you know we we've hung in there we 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 we've uh, we've stayed we've managed to stay connected with fans you know we we uh, we released our first ever all Spanish album last year, which debuted at number one on Billboard and number six on the Americana charts. And you know, it just, it just, uh, it's kind of kept us connected. And and uh, and and so, at the very least, you know, we we know that uh, our crowd is 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 still there and and uh, waiting <laughs> waiting for uh, waiting for those uh, those moments when we can all get back together and in a in a crowded sweaty room and sing along and dance and, and not worry, not, not worry about it, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it hasn't been easy, but, uh, man, in my house, I've, I've kept my family, uh, kept my family safe. Um, uh, nobody's gotten it. We, my wife and I have both been vaccinated now. Um, and so, you know, things are starting to finally look like uh, like we're coming around the end of this thing, and uh, we just need more people to get vaccinated and keep wearing their masks and, uh, you know, hang in there so we can get back to work. You talk about crazy timing with the new album. You mentioned it. In Espanol came out in 2020 as COVID-19 is wreaking havoc, not only on the country, but on the world. So I wouldn't think that would be an ideal time to release an album. I guess we'll never know, you know, but I think, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt that it, that it debuts at number one on billboard, yeah. you know? Um, so that's for sure. Now, you know, what happens is when you're not touring, you're not out selling records, you know, that's how you sell records. You're out, you know, it's the show and tell, you know, you're out there, you're out there, uh, rocking and rolling and it sells records for sure. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. Um, and I feel confident that, uh, that uh, that people that people are are raring to go, and you know, and t- I think it was such a dark time, you know, and it's been a dark time, you know, this whole COVID thing. I think it's always good to release music. Music, uh, I-, I know, in in this house, music plays a big role, and I know in people's lives, music plays a big role, and so um, it-, it it was time to turn to to music, uh, you know the. the when 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 nothing else gives you that that uh, that comfort, or when you've run out of Netflix shows to to watch, you know, music is is there, and uh, and I, and we felt that uh, you know during that time the best thing we could do is release this album, you know, and uh, and we did, and uh, I think our fans were really grateful for that, and uh, we keep hearing that oh your music got us through this time period and this and that and that's. And that's kind of our our job as musicians, really. You know, is to that's what we do. You know, that's the 
And so I, I, I don't regret releasing it during that time at all. I've been listening to it, and it's everything I love about the Mavericks, and it's in Spanish. Uh, it's, it's a really, really cool project, and, and we're going to kind of dive into some of the songs and things like that. But sure. even though you just released it in 2020, you've been thinking about this concept for a while now, haven't you? Oh, for sure. Uh, this was when we got the band back together again in 2012 for our uh, In Time release. You know, one of the projects that we put on the on our little drawing board planning sheet or whatever you want to call it, um, we we put on there that at some point we were gonna release we were gonna release an all Spanish album. It's just something that uh you know I've been wanting to do ever since the early days and and uh you know the business is what it is and you get caught up in it and, and then you know, management and record labels and this and that, and everybody's telling you to do this and do that. And you know, now it's not the time, you know, you don't want to confuse the fans. You got to, yeah, I heard every excuse in the world not to do it. And, and finally, I think you just get to the point where you just, you're just in control of, of your own stuff and nobody can tell you what to do anymore. And that's where we're at. (laughs) And so, uh, it was just, uh, it was perfect timing and it was, uh, it was, uh, Everything came together at the right time to make this happen. And so, um, you know, we worked on it for a while. Every time we had a couple of days off, uh, we had a couple of extra days in the studio or whatever, we would take the time to record. And, uh, you know, and after a while, it just seemed like, hey, man, this thing's ready to go. It just so, it just so happened that it was ready to go right at the beginning of the pandemic. But, uh you know, that's, that's not the record's fault, uh, nor the pandemic's fault, you know? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we just, uh, we just, we just went at it. I think I read that Spanish is your first language. So did you have to brush up on it or were you pretty, pretty comfortable and in, in kind of going right into it and writing songs for this album? That being said, well, uh, Spanish is my first language, you know? Uh, and so there was a little bit of, I'm not going to lie. There was a little bit of brushing up. No, no, no doubt. You know, cause, uh, um, you know, even though it's your first language, you know, you don't, you know, writing, uh, writing songs is, is a whole different, uh, exercise, you know? And so it took a little bit of, uh, brushing up, but, uh, luckily, you know, I've got, uh, we, um, we've been associated with a young, a group of young Cuban musicians that we've we brought over and signed to our record label. And so I had some good, I had some really knowledgeable and experienced uh, songwriters uh, uh, that I could, that I could uh, ask advice, uh, you know, uh, that I could turn to for, for advice, more than advice. Actually, they helped me write a couple of the songs on there. Yeah. And that's where I was going next. I mean, five of the songs are original. So you either wrote them or co-wrote them. And then there's seven songs that are, pretty well Latin American staples that are pretty familiar songs. Um, and, and I want to get into to some of the songs. One of the staples, by the way, is one that uh, I think is an old Julio Iglesias song, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Mel Vida de Vivir is a song that he wrote that he had a hit with. Uh, I'm not sure what year it was, but, but I was a kid when that song came out, and it was my granddad's uh, favorite song. I think it, was, it came out probably like in the late seventies, I think mm-hmm. 77, 78, somewhere in there. And, and it was my granddad's favorite song. So that song played in the house and it was an important song for this record because I've always, 
I've always loved, I, I've always looked for that little thread that connects all genres and all kinds of music. And, th- and that song in particular, uh, to me, uh, is, is one of those songs that, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a Latin, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a Latin standard kind of, kind of song, right? You know, it's been very famous, but it also, as a song itself, it's depending on how you arrange it. And that's what we went after. It really is kind of like a, it reminds me of that kind of story song that Glenn Campbell would, would sing in, in the early seventies or like a gentle on my mind kind of song. And that's how, and that's how we went at it. And to me, uh, to, uh, to me, that song was an integral part of this record because it, to me, it shows that connection between the pop world, the Latin world, the Spanish world, you know, and, and all the, and the country world and where all these things come together, because it really is, if, if I was singing the lyrics in, in, in English, it'd be a country song. It'd be a country, a, a, a song that you could hear on a country album. And, uh, and so that's, that was one of the reasons I wanted to record that song. Plus I love that song. You know, it's, it's a beautiful, uh, beautifully written, uh, eloquent song. Going into a couple of songs that, that you wrote on this album that I really enjoyed, Poder Vivir, which translates to to live, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, really enjoyed that one. Man, thank you. Um, I wrote that with my buddy Alejandro uh, Menendez Vega. He's, uh, he is, uh, he's one of the Cubans that came over with, uh, with, all, these, with all these amazing musicians. He's a filmmaker, videographer, kind of renaissance man. Uh, and, uh, you know, supremely talented and, and gifted. And, uh, and he, uh, he does all our videos and our, and, uh, our content and, and all, and he helps with all that. And on top of that, you know, obviously when you're doing that kind of stuff, you, you, you do spend a lot of time together and, and, uh, and getting to know him in the last couple of years, uh, turns out he's a pretty, pretty damn good songwriter himself. And so, <laughs> You know, we started, uh, you know, like, like a lot of these things happen. They just happen organically over time. And and it was like, hey, man, I got this idea for a song. I got a lyric, yada, yada, yada. We would start, we would sit down, and before you knew it, we would have a song. And and that's how kind of, uh, that's how Poder Vivir happened. That's how Recuerdos happened as well uh, with him. And uh, it was uh, it was a great experience. And we're going to play all these songs on the show, let our fans kind of get a listen and, and see what they think about them. You talked about Recuerdos. That was the one I was going to next. Uh, you wrote that. Uh, yeah. Wrote that, too. That translates to memories, and I might have... That's that's one of my favorites, actually, on the whole album. Oh, man. Thank you very much. That song, um, I had an idea for this song. I had the chorus, and and I think I had the the main hook in the chorus, like the lyric and all that. That's all I had. And I, and I, and I turned to Alejandro, I said, man, here's, let's write, let's finish the, this lyric, uh, because we need to, we, you know, we need, we need to record this. I'd like to record this. And so we played, I'll never forget this. We played Saturday night at the Ryman auditorium, a sold out show. So, you know, you can imagine sold out local show, Ryman auditorium, pretty, pretty heavy night, you know, friends and family, you know, it's going to be late this and that. Well, mm-hmm. We had to go record the next day because our P- my my piano playing uh, 
our guest who played piano on this track, Alberto Salas, who's an amazing, accomplished uh, Cuban piano player, lives out in L.A., uh, who I wanted to get on this record. Uh, he happened to be in town for just that one afternoon as he was touring uh, the Southeast. And so the only day we had was to record this on Sunday. Well, we, get, we hadn't finished the song. We got together Sunday morning after the Ryman. I mean, uh, I, was, I, 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 I couldn't have been more tired. But we got up in the morning, 9 a.m., uh, I had coffee ready. We wrote the song. We finished the song in about an hour and a half. We were in the studio before noon, and at one one p.m. by one p.m. that song had been recorded already. Wow! So, so it was a pretty world. I'll never forget it because it was such a whirlwind, uh, you know, timing thing. But uh, but we did it. I mean, it was uh, everybody put their their big boy pants on and <laughs> and, uh, and went to work. It was. Uh, it was uh, it was quite a quite a quite a weekend. Now the next one I want to talk about is one that you didn't write, but I, I was actually reading the lyrics of it before I listened to it, and I was like, "Man, this is kind of dark." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's sombras not a mas. Yes, which yes, is I knew it. Shadows and, and nothing more. I want to I want to read the lyric here. I wish I could open <laughs> yes. my veins up slowly and shed my blood upon your feet. So I expected something that was like really slow and dark sounding. When I listened to it, I was like, well, that doesn't sound as maybe dark as I thought it did. <laughs> well, you know, Spanish is the language of love. And and in Spanish, love hurts. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it, it does. That's how, that's how, that's how we love. It, 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 all the way or nothing. And the song, it's one of those songs. I mean, you know. It, to 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 Spanish speaking people, they don't take it literally. You know, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's bleeding himself to death." Sure, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, no big deal. You know, when it's translated into English, then all of a sudden it takes on a literal connotation, and it's like, "Yeah, that sounds a little dark," but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's not meant that way. You know, clearly. So it's you a know, love song. It, oh, it's a, it's yeah. it's the ultimate love song. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like you're willing to go there. It's like yeah, that's how <laughs> deep this runs, you know. Uh, and originally that song was a tango. Okay. So it, it was uh, it was originally a, a tango, and and uh, but I had this idea for the arrangement with the twangy guitar and all that. And the thing about these songs is that those melodies lend themselves to these arrangements too, and so so that was really fun going at it from uh, not a traditional way, but really bringing the Mavericks into that world, you know, uh, in, 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 in our own, do, doing our own interpretations of these. I want to say this. I fell in love with your music in the 90s, uh, and one of your biggest hits in the 90s was All You Ever Do Is Bring Me Down, and that, uh, sure. that was with Flacco Jimenez. Um, yeah. and, and you brought him back for this album, didn't you? Man, we, we had to. Um, I Flacco, that, that record that we did with Flacco, um, all you ever do is bring me down has been, uh, I can't explain how, what that song means to us and to our fans and the journey that that record and that, and, and that collaboration started, you know, that collaboration opened up a whole other world for me. Uh, especially just as a, as an artist, because that that started that quest that 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 uh, 
that melding of, of, of these styles and, and the blending of these, of these ideas. And, uh, you know, it, it, when it came time to record this record, we were, we were thinking, man, what can we get Flacco? We got to get Flacco on here because really this record was started when he recorded that song with us. You know what I mean? That yeah. started this whole process really. And, uh, and so we, you know, one day we're, we're, we're like, we're going through, uh, one of our favorite Mexican artists is Juan Gabriel. And so we're listening to all his songs and listening to, uh, different, you know, just different, different for Antonio, uh, at a sound check, they start jamming on this, uh, on No Vale La Pena, the, the old Juan Gabriel song. And so we started jamming on it that afternoon and then, and that was it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, this is the one. And so we, we recorded it. And then uh, we were able to get Flacco in the studio in San Antonio. I flew out there. I met him at, uh, at the studio. And we had a beautiful afternoon. And, and uh, we got to get him on this record. That meant, uh, that meant the world to me. I thought it was awesome to see his name on there. I, I went right to that track right away when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh, good, man. That, yeah, yeah. yeah it me- that meant the world to us, to me, uh, for, for so many reasons. And, and we just had to do it. So again, the new album is En Espanol. It's been out since August. You can download that wherever you download music. Listen to it wherever you listen to music. Before I move on, um, I, it, was there any other songs on there that you feel like we absolutely need to mention as part of the show? You know, I, I, I think people will discover this record, you know, on their own. And, and uh, you know, I think, I, I, I don't want to say go to one song because I think they're all... They're all, they all offer something different. Like the first song, La Fitiera, is one of my favorites on there. And, but of course, people will hear it because it's the first song on there. Uh, and, uh, but like I love, like, Sabor a Mi is a, is a standard. Uh, but Julio, Julio Diaz, our, our incredible, our, our other Cuban trumpet player, played, I think, the most beautiful refrain and solo on there. Uh, that is, uh, that made me, uh, I, I, I just, I, you know, there's a million versions of this song, but Julio, Julio Diaz isn't on them. He's on this one. And, uh, and it was, uh, it, it was a beautiful moment in the studio. And, 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 uh, and I love that we recorded that song. So if I have my history right, you were born and raised in Miami, Florida. Yes. So then I assume that a lot of the influence for this album just came from that Latin influence that you had just growing up. Well, you know, it, it's funny, man. I grew up in a house where uh, my parents are Cuban, so I'm first-generation Cuban-American. Mm-hmm. So you, as you can imagine, you know, in a house uh, like that with grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, of course, Cuban music, you know, is, plays plays quite a bit, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, there's also uh, there's also uh, like my dad loved uh, my dad loved country music, and so there was country music playing as well. And my mom loved opera and big band and and classical. And so uh, I got turned on to a lot of music. And the, and the cool thing about uh, about you know looking back on how my you know how how I listened to all that stuff was. My parents really, they, uh, and give them, I'll give them credit here, you know, in, in that they could, they never, they never, uh, how, how would you say, they, they never like belittled 
my my music choices or impugned my music choices. You know, they never like. I know my dad didn't like Led Zeppelin, but he never <laughs> he never yelled from across the room, "Hey, turn that down! That that turn that racket down!" You know, <laughs> he never did that. And uh, and you know, it 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 built up a sort of musical uh, mutual respect in the house, and so. I, they would listen to my stuff, give it a chance. I would listen to their stuff, give it a chance, you know? And uh, and I got to hear what they were listening to, and I loved it. I got to be honest. I mean, I, I loved uh, I loved opera and, and classical music, and it turned me on to this whole world of of all this music and all this. And when I, 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 when I first heard uh, Elvis's It's Now or Never, and my mom played me, the Italian aria that it was based on mm-hmm. that, that just set the whole thing in motion for me, just in a, in such a, a real and succinct way as only Elvis could. Like he made that connection between rock and roll opera and country. And, and it just, and it was just, it, it was a beautiful moment to, to realize that and it was, it was, it was eye opening, you know? And I'm like, yeah, here it is. Here's the, Here's that connect, that connectivity, that connection that that music brings, you know, to the to the entire world. You know, I love Elvis, by the way. Great. Yeah. Great song. Um, And what I've always loved about the Mavericks is that the lines are always really blurred between genres with the Mavericks, you know, it fluidly move yeah. from from genre to genre. But it kind of started out. It seemed like as a as a country act, did you set yeah. out to be a country act or did it just work out that way? Man, I think at the beginning, I think we would have been perfectly happy doing country music. But as we went on and we went exploring and expanding and learning and growing, you know, just growing as musicians, um, I, I found myself with more ambitious, uh, um, more ambitious musically. Uh, than ever just going after stuff just having just combining things and and keeping it interesting really for us and 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 at and at first of course it drove the record labels crazy it drove re- record man it drove it drove uh management crazy you know we were always you know kind of seeking and seeking that connectivity and and you know i i think when you operate like that you know you fall you you fall out of sorts with with the business because the business wants to keep doing what you've already done what you've already been successful at mm-hmm. and everything's and everything's geared for that but uh I wasn't going to be a prisoner to that and I wasn't going to be um I wasn't going to be beholden to to anyone's preconceived notion of what I should be or what I should do and uh and so on went the <laughs> on went the fights and the uh and the struggles and the and uh you know but through it all uh you know we've made music and we've come out on the other side and now we're you know ironically enough in our in our <laughs> in our golden years we're having more fun than ever <laughs> <laughs> I think it explains when you go back and, and you look at the charts from those days, all of your hits that I love so much weren't like huge chart topping hits because of the reasons that you mentioned, yet we all yeah. still remember them and we all still love right. them. The Mavericks are that weird anomaly. I, I remember Steve Warner would, would joke joke with me all the time that uh, 
you know, he had all these number one records, and yet we had we didn't even have a top ten record, and we sold more records than he did. <laughs> uh, I don't know why that is exactly, you know, but the the band cultivated a following, right? And we we kept nurturing that, and we kept growing it, and we and we kept appealing to 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 uh, you know music nerds, you know, all over the place that were digging what we were doing as well as mainstream country folks and as well as, you know, Latin stuff, Latin people that love Latin music. And, and if you ask 10 different people, what the Mavericks, uh, what kind of music the Mavericks play, you're going to get 10 different answers. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's by design. That's because I remember seeing a, seeing a, seeing an interview with Jerry Garcia one time. And I thought it was very profound what he said, you know, when the interviewer asked him, Man, you guys are country, you're rock, now you've done a bluegrass record, and you've also done some jazz. And anyways, they were talking about all the expanding genres that, that, that they were messing with. And he said something really profound, which has always stuck with me. And it's like, you know, the Grateful Dead, and he goes, and myself, he goes, you'll never hear us define what this band is. Because it's not up to me to, this, to define it. It's up to the listener to define it as they see it, as they want. And, and he said something like that. And I love that. I, 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 uh, and so, you know, we, if you notice in our interviews and whatever, we, we don't really define what we are because a, we, we, we can't, we're just, we're, we're a rock and roll band. We're, a, we're, you know, a, for lack of a better term, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, and that's the all-encompassing term. But sure, we can be we can be as country as as anybody needs us to be. But uh, but uh, those are those are are small glimpses into what we do because I, I do love country music, but I love music in general, and uh, I love that that I have a band that we can arrange stuff how we want, and, and if we want to do a straight up honky tonk record, we can. Uh, if 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 we want to change it up uh, and do do a straight up Spanish record we can and and so on and so forth and I and uh, and I dig that freedom you know it it it's it, it, you know to me that's uh that's that's why we 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 play music and you can correct me if I'm wrong uh, but I would imagine a lot of that comes from the fact that you guys all kind of come from maybe different walks of life and, and yeah. which which leads me to asking you know how how did you guys form the Mavericks, and and where did the name come from? Where'd you come up with the name the Mavericks? Man, um, we formed in Miami, uh, Florida, because that's where we started. That's what, that's where that's where the band started. So already the band is coming from a weird place, you know. <laughs> uh, at least as far as country music is concerned, right? Because nobody yeah. associates Miami with country music, <laughs> and yet there we were, you know. Uh, uh, you know, playing, playing, playing our honky tonk songs. And as we opened for Marilyn Manson, I'll never forget that. Oh my know? goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they, they to, to our credit, they didn't throw it. The fans didn't throw anything at us and they could have, you know, they could have. <laughs> and, uh, but they didn't, I think they were such, they were in such shock that here were these, these guys that got up there with their cowboy hats and their pointy boots and did all their, their uh their their country honky tonk stuff in in front of a crowd wearing nothing well a crowd that 
was that looked like Marilyn Manson. Right. And at the time, at the time before he had it, he had become the huge star that that he became, they uh, just as a as a low as a regional following, the crowds would bring lunch boxes to the gigs, like little the little metal lunch boxes. And it was a thing, and, and that they were all doing that. All these uh, th- that all these kids were doing, and we were petrified because we're like, "Oh my God, who knows what they have in those lunch boxes? We're going to get pelted with God knows what. This is going to be a nightmare." Well, we got up on stage and we started playing, and lo and behold, they actually cheered and applauded. Because I think they were in shock that we were so ballsy that <laughs> got up there and we were completely fearless. And it's like, yeah. Here we are, you know, but uh, we won them over even for just a little minute there. <laughs> That's awesome. So whose idea was it to call it the Mavericks? It was our manager at the time. Um, um, he said, you know, you guys ought to call it uh, something like the Mavericks. You know, you guys are, you know, you do your own thing, yada, yada, yada. And we're like, yeah, that's yeah. a great name. Okay. Sounds good. That, <laughs> and we did. It fits. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happened. That's how that happened. So, and that that leads me to to some of the the hits. I, I want to talk about some of my favorite songs with you. Um, I just always loved your voice, by the way, Raul. Oh, thank you, man. You probably hear it a lot, but I, I think Roy Orbison when I hear it is that something that you get a lot? Oh, of course. You know that's yeah. the that's the you know that's the go to right. You know yeah. that's the that's an obvious one. I mean, he was certainly part of the part of the curriculum, I guess, or part of the <laughs> the you know. Well, what you know, one of the many, many artists that I was listening to at the time, uh, but you know him, Elvis, um, Patsy Cline, Frank Sinatra, Hank Williams, Buck Owens is one of my favorites. Oh yeah, I could definitely hear the Buck Owens influence. Yeah, Buck, Ray Charles, I mean, so much, you know, so much music, um, so many singers. But yeah, Roy was definitely at the top of the list, you know. So was Willie, though, you know, as a, a people, you know, are quick to not mention him as a singer, but as a communicator, uh, there's nobody better. There's nobody better at communicating than Willie Nelson. No and doubt. So he was he was a big he was a big influence, is a big influence still. So getting into the songs, then uh, I want to start with What a Crying Shame, which uh, at least on country sure. radio kind of broke you through from from the album of the same name. What can you tell me about? What do you remember about recording it and any stories behind recording that one? Man, I remember writing it. I remember writing that song with my friend Costas, who is now in the Songwriters Hall of Fame, uh, deservedly so, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we were in Montana, and and we were up at his place up there. And he started... He, he started... Uh, no, I had the... I had the chord progression, which was just a simple G C G D C sort of uh you know, traveling Wilburys kind of Beatleish kind of sounding, you know, straight up acoustic and that's how we were doing it. And then and then he started singing What a Crying Shame and we started and we put the song together and with Costas, when you write with Costas, he's so prolific and so um efficient um that it it seemed like it just it, it 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 seemed like it wrote itself in ten minutes. Even though I know everybody says that kind of stuff, it's not really true. It took a little longer, you know. Probably I, I'm just saying 
that it felt like like it was it came together pretty quickly. Just, just and that has to do really with Costas. But when you write with somebody like that, get ready because that's that's how stuff comes at you. It's such a great song, and, and that whole album really. Uh, the next release was Oh What a Thrill, and what I remember about that was that I maybe didn't appreciate it as much at the time. I was pretty young, but now when I listen to it. Like it almost gives me chills. I, I I love that song. Oh, thank you, man. It's a that's a Jesse Winchester song. I got to give him credit. Uh, you know, he's a amazing songwriter, Canadian, and uh, that song was on a was on a buddy of mine's record, uh, on a James House record, and he was he was recording at the time, and uh, and Don Cook, who was his producer, who produced our our record as well. He said, man, you ought to record this song. It'd be a perfect song for you guys to record. And, and so we're like, yeah, all right, let's try it. And, uh, you know, we did, and and then it became a hit single. Another one that you co-wrote was There Goes My Heart, which would have been, I guess, the, the very very next release, right? Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was another big big song with a, with a really fun, fun video. But There Goes My Heart uh, was part of that session with Costas, you know? As was uh, another song that we still play from from that record, Pretend. That was one of my favorites, um, and we still play that one. You know, again, writing with Costas in Montana was a was a monumental choice and uh, and a very inspirational choice. And and uh, and uh, you know, I hope to get to write with Costas again at some point, and and uh, and I'm sure we will. You know, but uh, that was a moment in time, and it was a special moment in time for sure. Well, and that brings me to Here Comes the Rain, which was uh, a big milestone in your career. This this ended up being pretty huge for you. And it's one that I went back and listened to because I was struggling to remember it. And then as soon as I put it on, I was like, oh, man, I love this song. And I had forgotten about it. I remember winning the Grammy for that. Right. That was the song that we won a Grammy for. It, country performance by a group or duo or something like that. I don't remember the category, but... You know, it got us a Grammy nod, and um, and it put the Mavericks in a different light. You know, once you win a Grammy, you know, is it the end all, end all? Is it the, it, does it change your life in any way? I, you know, I guess so. In in a in, in a way, it's always good. It's always for the better, I think. And uh, ever since then, you know, you get introduced as a as a Grammy winner, mm-hmm. and uh, you know all. Uh, it uh, it validates your your hard work, and I guess at least in 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 people's or at least in my eyes, it it, it at least proves that you know we weren't crazy. You know, <laughs> we 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 uh, we actually had a good idea, and uh, and so um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, I remember winning the Grammy, and that was that was an important uh, moment for the Mavericks for sure. And that was another one you co-wrote as well, right? And in fact, you yeah. co-wrote it with Costas. I did. That, yeah. was, that was one of the ones that we wrote uh, during that time period. Which leads me to All You Ever Do Is Bring Me Down. We already touched on this a little bit. Obviously, that was the one with Flacco. Radio-wise, your highest charting single. But do you think it's your biggest single? Is it the song that maybe gets the most reaction? Because radio numbers, you know, we always say they don't tell the full story. I would say it's our, it, it, it's, it's our biggest single um now world yeah worldwide dance the night away was pretty big you know worldwide yeah. not in the US in the US 
uh, bring all you ever do is bring me down was probably our biggest single. Yeah. But you know, we've never, we've never been that kind of band, you know, our singles come and go. Our fans are there, you know? Um, and, um, and I love that about our fans, you know, they don't, uh, uh, they don't necessarily abide by by trends or or the hot singles. I mean, it, I don't get don't get me wrong. I'd love to have a song on the charts. You know, every songwriter does because uh, for for obvious reasons. You know, but uh, but you know, if, if I, I'd rather be working, you know, and and no matter how you get out there, how your music gets out there, uh, you know, it, it, it as long as it does. that's what's important. You know, another thing I love about your style and your voice, Raul, is it allows you to put really interesting twists on cover songs. And your fans would all agree, you know, we could listen to you sing anything. You guys actually put out a covers album just a few years ago. And even before that, you'd covered several and and released them. So uh, do you have a favorite song that you've ever covered? Oh, yeah. So, so many uh, beautiful songs. I love... uh, I mean, I, when we when we recorded that uh, the record of Play the Hits, which had uh, so many fun tracks, like I loved, I I, I love our version of uh, the old John Anderson song "Swinging." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and when we play it live, it 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 uh, it knocks people back. It's so it's so fun. Um, so I love stuff like that. I also love. Uh, the tender moments, like I on, the, on that on that record as well. I love uh, before the next teardrop falls. That was always one of my favorites, and I remember driving around in Miami with my dad uh, in his big Buick and uh, and an eight track, a Freddie Fender eight track with uh, with uh, before the next teardrop falls on there, and and you know uh songs like that stick out because they have a they have a particular memory and and that one's that one's certainly one of those and i'll throw out blue moon this wasn't on the play the hits album but it was good enough to be on the apollo 13 soundtrack thank you man that was that was that was also that was a, a great moment because uh nick lowe came in and produced that track which was really fun to have nick uh involved in that record um and, uh, and, you know, of course, to, to go out to L.A. and shoot a video on, on uh, we shot it at this launch pad out there that, the, uh, that Ron Howard uh, for Apollo 13 was using. And so we were, uh, when he, he, Ron Howard directed Apollo 13, and yeah. so they, they wanted the song in there. And that was, uh, that was cool, too. You know, that was, uh, that was really fun. Um, uh, you know, working, working that stuff and, and, you know, during that time. And, uh, and of course getting a song in a hit movie with Tom Hanks doesn't hurt. You know? <laughs> no, it does not. You've had a, a, a hell of a career so far and it's not close to being done. Uh, you, I'm sure you're anxious to get back out on the road and, and, uh, do some shows here pretty soon too. Oh man. Uh, you know, it, it's funny cause you, you know, as musicians, you hear from fans, oh, we can't wait for you guys to get on the road. If fans think that they're they're the ones that are dying to get for us to get back out there it's like you need to realize i mean you know you this is all you do this is all you've done your whole life and then all of a sudden just like that you can't do it and uh it's been 
you know, it's, 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 it's been a, a heck of a year to say the least, you know, um, I, I, I would say that it's been rough, but you know, some of it has been rough, of course, some of it has been sad. Some of it has been, but, but in particularly in, in our house in our situation and in, in, in our Mavericks family, we're, we're, we're okay. You know, we're okay. We're just, uh, we're just ready to get back out there. Well, we can't wait to see you. We're ready to spin some of this new album. We appreciate your time, Raul. I've always loved the Mavericks, so it was really awesome to get to talk to you. Oh, sure thing, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, for all the questions and, and taking the time.